and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, a podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he hasn't seen before and should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. And this is definitely one of the first times that you're not forcing me into watching a musical. It yeah. feels like I have been the biggest part of making this episode happen. Absolutely. So this one, obviously, we've already watched the last five years. We did our 10th episode Yes. On the movie version with Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan. And, and then when we went back to work at the 1st of September, around that time, I logged on to Twitter to see what was happening and I saw that the last five years was returning to the Southwark Playhouse. Yeah. And I'm pretty certain you'll have actually spoken to me about this production in that episode mm-hmm. because you mentioned it's supposed to be going on now and it was actually running up until March and it was cut short. Yeah, I remember at the time in the episode saying, oh yeah, this it's supposed to currently be on. And it isn't. So I saw that this same version was going on and I thought, I really want to see the last five years live. Mm-hmm. I and think you it said was, that throughout the episode. It was one of the first shows we did where I felt like I'd really been introduced to something that I loved. Mm-hmm. I gave this five stars when we watched yeah. the film version, and I was very passionate over how I I was Team Kathy instead of yes. Team Jamie. And because who wouldn't be? Well, yes, but I'm very in, intrigued to see how that changes seeing it live. Because yeah. I feel like that's certainly like a performance slash direction choice. I firmly feel that the film version of it was designed to have you side with Anna Kendrick. Yeah. I want to see if this version does the same thing. Because I think that's something that's really exciting about this show. Like we were talking to your dad about it yesterday. Yeah. And kind of how, you know, this is an autobiographical piece. Why would you admit to yeah, some of the things you you've done? This being you? And I think very much the way you direct Jamie, I I think influences how you feel for that character. You know, potentially you could make him more sympathetic. Yeah. And I don't. Jeremy Jordan's a fantastic actor. I don't think they were going for sympathetic Jamie in that. Hmm. So I'm very, very excited to see this one. So I, I said, Drew, we need to go. We need to go see this. Very, very impressed as well. When I was telling you, we were a little trepidatious. Yeah. About live theatre, and I think we still are a little bit. You know, we're about to go see this later on today. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little cautious to see what it's like. Yeah. You know, London's Same. gone up to a tier two now. I get like a lot more outwardly anxious about things like this as well. Yes. I know, like, I feel like we get the same level of anxious about a lot of social interaction at the moment, especially because I get ill really easily. Yes. But I get a lot more openly anxious. So I am interested But I think to see how, how we deal with this. One of the things that made me feel this is a show to see mm-hmm. is when I, before I booked the tickets, I looked at the Southwark Playhouse's website. Yeah. And I was very adamant of checking to see what their kind of social distancing protocol was. Mm-hmm. And... By all accounts, it looks to be done fantastically. And I think, you know, that's something I'm, I'm quite intrigued to talk about as well when we come back is how did we feel going to the theatre in these unprecedented times? Yeah. So what do you have to tell me about this, if anything? Literally nothing. You're the one that's done all the research for this one. I, you, so <laughs> when we decided we were going to go and see this show and we booked the tickets. Yes. 
I was like, well, we're not going to have much to talk about with this one because we've done an episode about it already. Yeah. Obviously, it will be different. So in the second half of the show, where we talk about actually watching it, we'll have loads to talk about, I'm sure. But in this part, we've talked about the history before. Yeah. Like, so... What do we talk about? What do you want to know? So... So it's directed by Jonathan O'Boyle. Yes, Jonathan O'Boyle. Who has previously directed quite a lot of really good musicals. He did the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella at Cudduckham Hall. He did the UK tour of Hair. Wow. Which is good... Yeah, he's he did Pippin at the Southwark Playhouse, which I love Pippin, and if that ever comes back, we're going to see that, because that is an incredible show. But he also did An American in Paris at the Dominion Theatre. Yeah. Mac and Mabel. You're going to, basically, you'll have heard of a lot of musicals that he has directed for. And now this one. And this one's super interesting, obviously, because there's just the two of them. Yes, and I think that's something that I'm very, very intrigued to see how it actually fares, mm-hmm. given the fact that we're going to go from seeing a filmed version where we talked about the choices that they had to make to make it make sense. Like, Jamie and Kathy are so linked. Yeah. And obviously in the play, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. You said to me in the past that it might be that Kathy speaks and Jamie accompanies... Uh, on some kind of instrument yeah so from what i've seen for this version from stalking molly lynch's instagram yeah she has a great instagram we've got molly lynch as kathy and ollie higginson as jamie jamie yes <laughs> i almost forgot his name then and then the jamie is over and jamie is gone yeah then you've got the alternates josh barnett as jamie and yes. lydia white as kathy and that's it and they do everything yeah. they so i've seen a lot of videos of molly lynch practicing the piano and yeah. practicing playing these parts and so every every jamie song is accompanied by kathy on the piano and every kathy song is accompanied by jamie assumably also on the piano i haven't done a whole lot of research into this I, I just want don't, to see it i know that from the pictures i've seen the piano is a big set piece of this like mm-hmm. it's center stage well, all the music for this is piano music. Anyway. It is, but it'd be interesting to see if different instruments are pulled out for different songs or different tones. Because mm. obviously the piano, I think, can make See I'm Smiling a lot more tragic. But if we're accompanying some of Jamie's opening songs, like Shisha Goddess on a piano, I think that changes the tone of it a lot more. Yeah. You know, is he getting into a tragic relationship from the start and he kind of knows that the sense. So I think the music's going to be very interesting in setting the tone. Mm. So we do also have an orchestra, a yes. band, of a very limited band who I assume we're not actually going to see because based on what I've seen of pictures of the stage, you do just have the piano and the stage setting. So I'm imagining that they're going to be behind... A curtain or they're going to be backstage and we're just yeah. going to hear the music through yes because the point with this show is that they're trying to keep it as minimal as possible mm-hmm. from what i can see they only have four players in the band which is pretty cool yeah and then jamie and kathy who play the piano which is awesome yeah i think that's that's very cool all the pictures of it look great oh yeah so i i have been stalking this one on twitter and you know i have had a few interactions with some of the people involved in this show as well, which is really cool yeah. for us. Like, they've been so awesome. 
at kind of, you know, talking and having conversations with them, you know. So Jonathan Aboyle and the producer of this, Katie Lipson, have been great, you know, promoting this but talking about it. And I actually think looking at shows that she's produced that include Pippin and Hair, I think that they have collaborated a lot of times. Yeah. And therefore have got a... Perhaps this is why this show is getting so much acclaim is because they are a creative team that have worked together so much that they know each other really well. Mm. And I think that when you have that, it strengthens anything you create because you know what to expect of people. Yeah. I think that's really important. Once you've worked with somebody for a really long time, especially on creative projects, you're willing to argue with them about things as well. This is it. Like from my background, obviously I am not a professional director, but I have directed three school shows yeah and over that period of time not only have I got to know the students that I'm working with Mm -hmm. so that it's more than just an audition process that I know who I can rely on to help out backstage you know and help inspire younger maybe newer students yeah I'm working with the same people backstage the same colleagues I've been working with I am at a point where I can argue my say of and think this is how it needs to be done Mm -hmm. And, and yet my point across as well, which I think is so important when you work creatively, that you need to have somebody that you can trust to call you out when maybe you are making the wrong choice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. By all accounts, everything I have seen about this show is spectacular. Yeah, I am very, very excited. I, I do think back when we covered this for episode 10, I mean, what have we done before then? We've done Joseph... We had done Into the Woods. We had done Newsies. We had done Phantom mm-hmm. slash Love Never Dies. My Fair Lady, Cinderella, a very Potter musical, Once Upon a Mattress and the Producers. There's some really good shows that we covered to there. Yeah. And I think, you know, My Fair Lady is probably the first one that I really had, like, no expectations and really, really enjoyed. Yeah. But and I then... at least knew elements of it. Mm-hmm. the last five years I knew nothing about and I think it was one of the first shows that I, I went into it knowing absolute zero Yeah, and I loved it mm-hmm. and I think what a brilliant return to theatre for us Yeah, than watching something that I perhaps wouldn't have been excited to see if not for this show Yeah, I don't think we'd be seeing this in if all you honesty liked it yeah, if we hadn't covered it on this show. Yeah. So I am very excited that we're going to return to a show I loved, but mm-hmm. actually on very different terms. Yeah. You know, this has been something that for the past two months I've been very hyped about. And I really hope... I really hope the hype delivers. Yeah. I'm not... Me too. I'm not, like, pessimistic it... about it. I think it will. By all accounts, it's an amazing show. Like, people have called it the definitive last five years experience. Yeah. That's big praise. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm like. You know that I don't like looking at reviews of films or TV shows before we watch them. Yeah, I'm... the fact that you know more about this production than I yeah. do is actually really impressive. It is, but I try to keep myself as in the dark about things as possible. Like, when Endgame came out, mm-hmm. I tried to avoid as much as possible. All I did was I logged on to Empire to see how many stars it got. I didn't read the review. I just needed to know what Empire thought of it because I trust Empire been reading them for years and i saw five stars i thought right that's it done i can breathe a little bit now because sure what if it doesn't deliver after all this hype for me i'm, I'm going into it really really optimistic that i'm gonna have a great time 
because I have seen such universal praise of it. It's not like I've seen just one or two reviews. I've seen universal praise. So I'm very, very excited to add my voice to that. Good. Hopefully. I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited to see it. Obviously, they've gone out of their way to make this safe. Yes. And I'm excited for that. We are going to be close enough to touch the actors. Mm, we, we <laughs> are. We're sitting right at the front. I know. Which is really exciting. Is there any moments of the last five years before I, I think we wrap up? Is there any part of the story that you're most kind of excited to see done? Like, are there any songs? It's like a concert in a way. It's not a concert, but you've never seen the stage show of this either, have you? No. So is there anything that you are excited to see how it is handled you know, um, in a different medium? That's a really good question. I wish I'd thought about this before we started talking. <laughs> oh. So a lot of this is going to be imagination-based. Yes. We know that when they sing, look, I'm see, I'm smiling. Yeah. I think that's the name of the song. They're stood on a dock in Ohio and it sucks and everything's horrible right now because they're apart and he's being a jerk. Yes. But obviously in this version we're not getting any set pieces for this this is all going to be audience imagination and interpretation and that i'm excited to see i want to know whether i can feel like that is happening i have seen one picture of ollie higginson holding a laptop and i hope that's somewhere in ohio yeah i loved the idea that you know she was singing down zoom to yeah him. to him and i'm really intrigued to see how they hand like you say these set pieces of different moments mm. i'm i'm really interested to see the shift as well like you know kathy getting slowly happier towards the start of the relationship and jamie getting steadily like sadder towards the end i'm really excited I'm to sadder just becoming a worse person <laughs> but i'm excited to see how that that's that's handled yeah i've seen one picture yeah of molly lynch playing the piano yeah obviously for one of his songs Mm -hmm. and he's leaning over her and he's got his hands on top of hers and whatever that is i know i'm gonna be angry (laughs) because it's sure to be like jamie i i really feel like it's gonna be the schmool song yeah because that's the only place i can feel like it's either that or the next five minutes the proposal song one or oh, the but other. that changes the proposal I know, completely. right? So either way, anyway, this picture just feels nefarious. And it just, because you get the, oh, he's controlling her now. Yeah. And whatever it's going to be, I'm so here for it. It looks great. Just this one picture has had this reaction for me. No, I'm, I am I am very excited to see how this, this show handles a lot of different things. Yeah. I think my biggest kind of, I can't wait to see moment is ultimately, do I leave? still team kathy yes or or do i leave a bit more divided that for me is going to be a really interesting thing to see and then talk about after yeah well that yeah that's super interesting because it is i think very easy to make jamie just a really bad person yeah but it does take two people in a relationship to not make it work Mm. i think (laughs) Boo-hoo. <laughs> I know, but I'm intrigued to see the 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 direct, the way how it's directed. Yeah, the, yeah, the direction and see the the choices because every choice will be made for a reason. Yes. And on that note, we're off. We are off to London. Yeah. We are 
packed and ready to do some social distanced journeying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really excited and to come back much... and talk to you about this one. Yeah. And see how much we can fog up our glasses by crying underneath our masks. I have heard that people are crying pretty steadily I'm gonna cry. through this whole show. I'm going to cry. I'm 100% going to cry. Crying throughout the whole show. Amazing. It does start off on a real tearjerker. Yeah. Let's see. We are off Yay. for the last five years. See you when we get back from London. London, we've seen a show, and we have returned. How much fun was this evening? This is so good. I had a really good time. Yeah, it's really, really nice to go out and go to the theatre and feel safe. Yeah, the whole time. I think yeah. Like before we start talking about the actual production, mm. like Southwark Playhouse has done an absolutely phenomenal job. Yeah. They really have. Getting the social distancing right, but mm-hmm. also getting it safe. Yeah. And the way that they've laid everything out is so you are seated by your party individually. So they only take your party in at a time. Yes. And between your seat and the seat next to you, there's like a perspex divider. Yeah. Which are cleaned between shows, obviously, and also moved every show. Yeah, as they need to be. Yeah. So you know that they're being like properly looks after because it's not like they stay there no they are being moved and cleaned between shows which is really nice it is and they've removed a row mm-hmm. from so we were in the front row yeah so there um, should be three rows yeah, but there were only two yeah they've removed a row so there's more leg room yeah and like if you want to order a drink yeah you're ordering it before we go in and they're bringing it to you like yeah. i i felt incredibly safe there like mm-hmm. i got a little nervous before going you know going to the theater yeah and you wear masks the whole time <laughs> yeah. and it was just really nice I liked yeah it. you know i i think they've really really thought about how they can make it work and it does work mm-hmm. and i think it's a model that a lot of other people should maybe look at adopting yeah it was good yeah you know, especially the removing rows that yeah. i think is a big deal the only thing i don't know is if if I had gone on my own, would I have been comfortable in the single seat? Yes. So we were sat next to a gentleman who was on his own. Yeah. Who obviously, as he's sat in a single seat, has a perspex wall either side of him. And, and it, it did look very tight. It did look very tight. I think that was my fear is when we sat down like, oh, that's not going to be comfy. But actually, I didn't, even I didn't even notice. It's the kind of similar principle that if you're sat next to someone anyway, like... You probably have more distance and more space for yourself than you would traditionally at the yeah, cinema. If you were sat next to a stranger. Yeah. 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 So I think they did a good job. Great job, Southwark Playhouse. The Absolutely. layout of this theatre 
is amazing. Yeah. The layout of this stage, they did a fantastic job. So we have a square floor essentially yes that they told us in advance please do not walk on the stage we actually saw somebody try and do that and they knocked uh the guitar stand yeah. from later on which i just kind of because we were sat right in front it's just like oh, why would you do that yeah they told everyone please don't walk across the stage and they also said if you need the toilet at any point during the show please just get up and go only one person did yeah and they did it between blackouts as well yeah and then we had you have a revolve in the middle yeah. with a grand piano on which was awesome, and that's used for everything, and it obviously it can spin and move and change. Which I think is really important because we're dealing with a thrust stage. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the audience on three sides of the stage. Yep. Now, the way we were sat, we were very, very close to the performers throughout, but I think we had a good view. But there are a few moments where if the piano wasn't on a revolve, we would have maybe missed some of the jokes. Yeah, but the great thing about the way the revolve worked is that whenever they had a set piece or a joke or something like that, mm -hmm. the revolve went around long enough for everyone to have seen it. Yeah. So it's not a case of if you had seats on the opposite side, you'd have got a different experience. I actually mm -hmm. think you have... I really think that Jonathan O'Boyle has thought tremendously about the staging of this and making sure these set pieces work. Absolutely. Even little things like photo frames and yeah. like bits of paper and stuff, books that were on there. Everybody got to see that. Yeah, exactly. There's no wasted detail. Mm -hmm. So that was really good. What yeah. I quite liked is as we came in, we've got these brilliant, beautiful, the last five years lights, the L5Y. Mm -hmm. You've got the piano and a spotlight on the piano. Yeah with an engagement ring and yes. there's a note on the chair and the note on the chair yeah and we were trying to we were arguing over i think at the beginning of the show it's kathy's ring that is on the piano because it looked like it had a, like a stone set into it i think it's jamie's ring yeah but then at the end uh it is jamie's ring it is it's the set yeah because as the show opens, we get really great still image blackout as Kathy finds the ring uh -huh. and she puts it in her pocket to then give out later when they get married. Yeah. Which is great. But what's really interesting is kind of like you're sat in Kathy's living room. Basically. Waiting. Yeah. And it's kind of like it is that silence of this. It is. It's perfect because he has ended the marriage. He's left her the note, left mm -hmm. his ring and left the house. And it's just waiting for her discovery. And you're there at the moment she discovers it. And that's yeah powerful because you're just waiting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. So the opening, we have the two wing sides, mm -hmm. which is the entrance that we came through. Yeah, we came in through stage left, yeah, stage question left. mark, because like we're staring at the stage from all different sizes. Yeah. And then the exit to the toilets during the show was Jamie's entrance, yeah. which, you know... <laughs> um, I think it's quite funny, actually, like, exit this way for the toilet. Jamie's hopes and dreams. Yeah. It's really great. So as the lights go down, they're backlit. And, you know, you just see their silhouette. And they enter the space. Mm -hmm. And you have these brilliant moments of Kathy reaching to get something. And then the lights black out. So she's going to the ring. And then she's going to the letter. And then she takes her seat at the piano. And this is that moment that you said you saw the image of, of Jamie 
playing the piano over her. Yes, yeah, this is what it was. So Jamie plays the refrain, which is like the most common bit of music all the way through the yeah. show. It's their sort of theme. And it sounds so hopeful. It but does. He, and she's sitting reading the letter, so she's all slumped over yeah. and he's playing it over her. Yeah. And it's then but recycled she, towards the end of the show. Did you notice that she's working the pedals as well? Yeah, I did. I was watching Which her. is really cool. And that's such a really brilliant moment. And that moment is is mirrored at the end, mm -hmm. which is, is really good about this show. Like yeah. It should be mirrored because of the way it works. Mm-hmm. But we've got the freeze frames are Kathy finding the letter, finding the ring and being all sad and depressed. Yeah. And then Jamie having a glass of wine and getting ready for his first date with Kathy. Yeah. Because it's not like obviously we start in different places, but even that, even then, like we're at baby Jamie prepping. But it's also funny because there's a few moments where seeing it live like this, you think, is he... You know, yes, that's also past Jamie. Mm -hmm. But in this weird moment, as Kathy's having this moment, yeah, is that current Jamie as well at the same time? Like, are the two tunnels blending together? Like, while well, she's mourning the death of the relationship, is he out having a drink and celebrating his freedom? Yeah, it's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, and that's what I think is really good. There's a few moments where, yes, they're supposed to bleed into the person whose story it is at that moment in time's timeline, yeah. However, you could look at it for other meanings of what's actually going on at the time. Mm -hmm. This was beautiful. Like her voice. She's great. For Still Hurting. Molly Lynch nailed this song. Like it's a really good opening. Yeah. And it is so raw and so powerful. And you did really feel like even though you don't know anything about this relationship at this point in time, you're going to learn what Jamie means to her. Mm -hmm. Even at this point in time when you know nothing about these characters you feel the pain and agony that she must be going through. Yeah, they did a thing constantly through this show that I really liked. Yeah. Where when they would take over for the other person's song, they would kneel on the piano stool yeah. before they would sit down. Yeah. And it just looked like more difficult than it needed to be. Yeah, I think one of the great things about the show is how quickly some of them led into each other. Like we got yeah. to the end of Still Hurting and I'm like, Oh, okay, we can applaud it's, here. It's immediately... Da, 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 yeah, da, and it goes da, straight da, da. into Shiksa Goddess. Yeah, and, and she I, looked like she had to get there quick. Oh, yeah, but I was ready to applaud. Yeah. And there was a nice break, I think, like after you'd had Kathy Jamie song, then there was a good space to applaud. Mm. And it, But it, it, you're right, she had to kneel on the chair to start playing and then work her feet around. Yeah, swivel around to get down there because of how quickly these songs lead into each other. I... Ollie Higginson yeah. has amazing vocal control. He was so good. I think he was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I do think... I said this to you after we left the theatre. <laughs> and I don't agree with you. I, I do think there's times, and I think it's mostly the costume choice, but also the hair being one way. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if we were to do like Torchwood and I need to do flashbacks for a young Captain Jack, yeah, I would hire Ollie Higginson. I think he... At times, he had the same charm, the same kind of smile, just the general vibe of a young John Barrowman. Sure. I really did think, look at him and think, wow, like... You kept saying this to me. I don't agree with you. Okay, but that's fine. We're going to rewatch this anyway when we can, when it streams. Yeah. I'm going to pause at the point that I think, like, okay. I'm staring at John Barrowman and maybe I'll convince you. Well, the other thing that happens during this particular song... Yeah. 
that was one of my favourite things that happened in this whole show. Yeah. Is that I love costume malfunctions. Yes. In shows. This wasn't really a malfunction because it didn't actually do anything. But while he was singing Shiksa Goddess, he's wearing a pair of braces. I call them braces. You said suspenders. Yes. You know, men's belt holder upper thingies. Braces. And they were at the back on a double clip and one of the clips came undone and it popped upwards. So his braces suddenly got like a lot longer. Yeah. And I don't know whether he even noticed or not, but I did. And I was spent the rest of the show waiting to see whether the other clip would hold the yeah. whole show. It was great. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I actually had one of my favourite bits during this song as well, but I think it was a very planned choice. Yeah. Is when he's talking about all the girls. Oh my God. In the past that he's kind of interacted with. Yes. So he, he names all of his... Rings out the portraits and he puts them on the piano mm-hmm. and there's like eight or nine portraits yeah. and there's a set of twins there's there a set of well. twins yeah <laughs> which i just think is a great little joke mm-hmm. but um, we were trying to figure out as well because they they look like real photos it's gotta be it's gotta the be crew. the crew yeah yeah like 100 percent. or it's like family members mm-hmm. like hopefully not his family members but like it's kind of did you see your did you see your uh cameo in in my show of the yeah. last five years like it's the sort of thing i would do well i wrote down about this because we were frantically writing things down afterwards to yeah, try and remember everything. Home. he's such a jerk because the point is all of his exes are jewish yes. like him and it's all girls he's kind of been set up with yes. by his family and so all of these girls go to like sunday school with him and or he knows them through church essentially yeah and then imagine being kathy and him telling you this like you would never be able to go and meet his parents because you would know that his parents want him to be with a like nice jewish girl yeah it's a very weird kind of really weird way to start your relationship it is because it does feel very much like he's approaching this like he's just saying everything he can just to kind of get her in bed yeah and it's like oh thank god you're not the same religion as me because uh, i couldn't possibly date another jewish girl it's a bit of a weird his energy though is great the way he's like jumping about the stage is this the one where he like necked his whole glass of wine yeah he sits (laughs) and he necks his whole glass of wine i think this is also the one where he stands on the piano at the end that really triumphant yeah he does I was really worried about that because <laughs> yeah. I was really paranoid he's going to fall Same. off. Same. They did that a lot though, like climbing mm. on the piano. His presence is just amazing. Like, And I think it really works here, like the juxtaposition of somber Kathy yeah. and upbeat him. And it works, like especially later on in the play when yeah. we swap. And, then we and move he on. says, he has a line in here where he says, you are the song I have to write or this is the story I have to write. Yeah. Um, or I want to write and then he's like I have to write yeah and it's like okay cool he's it is it is a really nice introduction to his character yeah I feel throughout this play like right up until maybe he's very nobody needs to know yeah I'm quite on board with Jamie yeah he young Jamie in this version I don't know whether it's something that Jeremy Jordan was doing in the film. But Ollie Higginson's Jamie, young Jamie, yeah. is really charming and really, like, his energy just makes you think, like, oh, yeah, you deserve this. It's Good gen- for you. Yeah, it is genuine. Like, I think there's a few occasions where, uh, like, 
this isn't a slight on Jeremy Jordan because he's fantastic, but there was deliberate choices for that character. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this character of Jamie, it feels very likable. Yeah. Like, he genuinely feels like he's working for this as opposed to lucking into it. Yeah. There's like a kind of uncertainty to him. So when we see in a moment during See I'm Smiling, him getting the phone calls, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as much like, wow, everything's going Jamie's way. It's very much like there's this nervousness to him like wow oh wow this is happening and it's really like yeah that's that's kind of cool yeah it's interesting definitely see i'm smiling just wow i really like how this one develops i like that she gets the jumper out of the chair yes that was cool i love all these hidden props oh absolutely that then as the show goes on are just left out so by the end we have all the like clutter of their lives i know it's it's very good I really like in this one the way she's just sat on the piano and really, really calm and lovely. Mm. But then we have the interactions where the song splits. So we have the past Jamie. And this is a really clever way, you know, to drop his age and make the gimmick clear. Yeah. You know, if you're not aware of the premise of this show being he goes forward in time and she goes back in time, Mm -hmm. this song makes it clear. And the fact that you have her, see, I'm smiling, and then you break to him on the phone... And he says, like, wow, I'm 23 and this is working. Like, yeah, oh, yes, I am only 23. Yeah. yeah. And then you cut back to her with more of CM's mind. Then you go back to him. Yeah. And then you come back to her and you've got the break as she gets angry. And she's, you know, the brilliant bit. It's like, you came for one day and you're still not staying. And it's my birthday and you're not here to see my show. Mm-hmm. You feel all this pent up rage that she's been holding. Yeah. And it's not like oh, Kathy's a bitch, is genuine, like, she's trying her hardest to make everything work, and she's like, no, do you know what, I've got you here, this is how I'm actually feeling. Yeah. And it is really good. And then she says the line, you know, you're 28 now. Look at him, isn't he great, just 28, the saviour writing. And that's yeah. what I mean, is it's great, because you have had him say 23, so you know that he's in the past, mm-hmm. and it, it really helps make this Ooh, clear. This is also where we see his second book, Yes. Because she talks about his his book being there and it's on one of the chairs yes. across. So this he has two books in this show, which I don't think happened in the film. No, it definitely happened in the film. We had a manuscript for a second book in the film. Okay, but I don't think we saw it realised in the film. No. In the show, he has his two books. The first one that he writes, which is what we're seeing him getting published at this point, is The Mermaid. Yeah. And then... Towards the end, his second book is called either The Long Something or The Lost Something. I couldn't really see the cover of it from where we were sat at. Yeah. Um, but I was really trying... It just struck me that they were two different books. And I was like, oh, he's written two books. Okay. Yeah. But it's quite nice. It's like cool. in her timeline, he is, of course, there. Mm-hmm. I just... This song makes me so sad because she is so happy to see him. And it's like, yeah. I think you're going to like this one. Mm-hmm. Like... She's trying, I wrote this down, she's trying so hard to be not angry at him. It's like, see, I'm smiling. Yeah. And she's saying, she's trying to say all of the right things. Like, even when he's like, oh, I can't stay. And she's like, oh, well, if you have to, then you have to. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. So that's fine. I'm being really nice about this for you. But this is another thing about where, like, the timelines kind of merge is because on his one, it's like, yeah, I can be right there. Mm-hmm. You know, we see him talking to this po- you know, new publisher. Yeah. Which is one of the women he's actually having an affair with anyway. 
Eventually, yeah. Eventually. But he's like, yeah, I'll be there straight away. And then she comes back and she's like, actually, no, I'm really angry and this isn't good enough. And it's great because it does kind of react, even though he's not actually there. It reacts to what mm. he said. I I did feel like she could be even angrier. I don't know whether that's just because I have a lot of rage for, for yeah. this character. I think her. I think the rage for her was really good. Yeah. I, I think when Kathy stood up and she she got off the piano mm-hmm. and she moved, she's been still. She gets up and she moves, and I think she's nailed it. I actually think yeah. she came across angrier than Anna Kendrick did. Yes, she did. But I said the same thing about Anna Kendrick's one, where I was like, be angrier. Be even angrier than that. Yeah. You should be really mad about that. But I think then there's two like we're, we're trying to project. A, like, natu- where's the line? We're projecting naturalistic acting yeah. onto non nat and this can't be naturalistic. Yeah. Because of the two people and the whole concept of it. It can't, and it's gotta be very stylized, mm-hmm. especially when you're fitting the tone of the song and to get the because the, the words are quicker. Yeah. You have less breathing in between. If you are shouting at this point, I don't think you can actually stage it. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this moment. The other thing with this song, in the film, obviously we have Jamie there. Mm-hmm. So he's saying all of those little in-between lines, like when she says, you don't, I, something about like, oh, you're annoyed now because you won't get to go and play with your little girlfriends. Yeah. And he says in the film, you're crazy. And she says, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And she's, that's like what riles her up. And obviously we don't have him saying that line in this, but you still know oh, yeah. exactly what he says. They do a really good job at several different points at having this moment like they are actually having a conversation with another person there and then. Mm-hmm. Like it feels believable. It's not like a comically large pause. It's yeah. enough that you feel like, yeah, there's a back and forth going on here. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Oh, the other thing I wrote down for this scene is I don't feel like you ever forget that they're performing, but in a good way. In that with Kathy's story, I feel like the version we're getting is the story that they're telling to us. Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but I liked it. I like that it feels like they're telling us this story. Yeah. As opposed to I'm here watching this unfold. But again, I don't think... When we're there watching pieces of drama mm-hmm. if we're watching it unfold it's supposed to be like we're watching real life yeah like it's naturalism and it's suspension of disbelief that this is a real story mm-hmm. because of the way this show works with its two performers and the non-linear narrative it's never going to be a naturalistic style piece of drama yeah but i like that yeah this is but this is very much the sort of style that like we would i'd be teaching kids about when we do brecht mm-hmm. is using non-linear linear narrative like this and using songs to tell stories yeah like this is <laughs> it comes back to what we spoke about when we last covered it that this is jason Will robert brown, brown mm-hmm. trying to educate his audience on why we should sympathize with him for his long-suffering failed marriage yeah like he's deliberately trying to tell this story to be like ah, oh, everyone should feel sorry for me he is trying to educate and it's like you know we are watching it and we're watching it with a view to mm. you know uh, learning about why this this marriage failed we should never suspend our disbelief because we know how it ends yeah because it's the first thing we see they are presenting us information and we are taking mm. our own view of it. I was reading a great thing about this musical the yeah. other day. 
before we went to see this, the one that we've just seen, but about how, and yet another layer to the whole Jason Robert Brownfield relationship yeah. story is that Jamie gets to move forward in time and gets to, at the end of the show, move on with his life. And, you know, Jamie's decided it's time to move on, but Kathy will always be stuck looking back. Yeah. That sucks. And what she missed. I know. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so mean. Yeah. It is. It, and like it's I said, like, like oh, I said. This is my ex. She'll forever be looking but, back at but what this she is was. It. It's like, again, it's that same way of like, you can see how fun he was until he met her. And he's, you know, she slowly zapped the life out of him. Yeah. He had no choice but to cheat on her. Ugh. But that's very much the narrative it goes I with. Know, right. And we see her life getting better, you know, back when he was happier. Like, mm-hmm. that's the whole, that's that's what's so weird. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Moving too fast. Jamie's energy is just fantastic. This is another really abrupt jump. Yeah. In which you forget that we've just watched her have a breakdown because of how much of a jerk this guy yes. is. And suddenly you're like, oh, isn't he so, like, funny and fun and energetic and yeah. lovely? It's like... He just feels excited. He does. And, and he, great. And he does come across so likable in this. Like, mm-hmm. it, he genuinely is like the culmination of maybe years of hard work. Mm-hmm. Like, with with Jamie in the film, it feels very much like it's his first go. Yeah. With this version, it's very... He's put a lot of work into this. Uh, yes. And he deserves it. There is one part of this song that I always hate. Yes. And I don't think it would matter who was performing it, because my issue is with the lines rather yeah. than anything else and i said this when we watched it before is the um some people never find success with their art some people never feel love in their heart some people can't tell the two things apart but i'll keep moving on yeah i was like shut up you're 23 i know (laughs) be quiet he thinks he's this great philosopher and the good thing about ollie higginson's jamie is that you don't feel like he's doing that no he feels like he's just being like I'm having all these revelations and this is great and I worked really hard for this, so I deserve this. Yeah. Whereas the Jeremy Jordan one, because Jeremy Jordan does not look you like I never felt like with the film one that you were getting that like young energy. No, I think all we got with him was a change in style and change in hair. Yeah. Whereas Ollie Higginson did a really good job of showing that he's like young and enthusiastic, and that's where all of these words are coming from. But I'd argue you from. do have to do far more in this performance when you're watching it live because oh, yeah. you have to make the audience believe. Yeah, yeah. What we're seeing for sure. I actually think as well compared to the last time where Kathy felt like a trophy, like look at how great my life is. This mm. version feels like at this point in time he's very in love with Kathy. Oh, this is also he has a, a unnamed friend. In this show. Yeah. Because he... I don't know what at what point it is. It might be in this song. I'm sure you'll tell me. But he he calls his friend and is like, what would you say if I told you I was going to move into a new flat with Kathy? Yeah. And he says like, oh, hey, Max, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. like, I was like, oh, he does have friends. Yeah. Okay. Because we never see that. No, we never. Because like Kathy talks about her friend from high school. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's also like it's her penultimate song. Yeah. Which and this is his second song. So yeah. if you look at them, if you were to play this in order, you'd find that the two songs that go hand in hand at these moments in time are oh, really well linked. I would well love linked. to try and watch this in the right order. Yeah, because you would find moving too fast pairs up with I can do better than that. 
Yeah. Like, but it's the same thing. And he's talking to his unknown friend. And in that one, she talks about her. Oh, yeah, because she says, say you'll move in with me. Yeah. So that happens and then moving too fast happens. Yeah. But the, but the styles of the songs sync up really well as well mm-hmm. each time. And what I really like in the way this one was done, that mirrors, see, I'm smiling brilliantly because his action is also broken up by Kathy on the phone. Yeah. And that's really cool because you've got the same kind of narrative thread through the songs through, because, you know, scene one is still hurting slash Shiksa goddess. Scene two is see, I'm smiling slash moving too fast. Yeah. And that within those two scenes, yes, they're different times and they're literally like different points in the timeline, but the same kind of things happen within the scenes and then yeah. move forward one. And I really liked it, you know, like having the Kathy moments as well. Mm. A part of that is still a beautiful but painful song. Yeah. This is his first book. Yes. So this is The Mermaid. What I like about this one, Molly Lynch allows herself to be so vulnerable on stage. Mm-hmm. And you still get that evolution through this song of, am I really a part of that? At the start, she's, she is like, I am a part of that. But by the end of it is, yeah. aren't I? Mm. And the thread of this song is just is just powerful. Yeah. You can really feel her at the end being like, oh, I keep saying I'm a part of this, but actually, what am I doing? It's very much like, everything's great. Yeah. Is it? My favourite bit of this song from Molly Lynch was where she sings about how crazy he is. Yeah. And she sings, handful after handful of Doritos. And then she pulled the face and she's like... Bleh. Yeah, no, I know. She's... <laughs> I was like, I like Doritos. <laughs> no, I know. But you can just imagine that Jamie is gross. Yeah, he's he doesn't he's not aware that he's even eating them. He's just eating. And but like it is that kind of, I have all these issue with, issues with him. But then he smiles. Mm-hmm. And then he's there. And suddenly, yeah. all of that goes away because I'm so happy. Yeah, and I think this is the thing. Like, her performance is great with it. Like, what I love is the fact that her Instagram profile, because I have immediately followed her. Oh, yeah. I love that she puts actress slash singer slash nerd. 100%. Like, you can really see this. Oh, she's such a dork. I love it. But in in the most endearing way, like, mm-hmm. you can see it with these performances. Like, she's perfect for Kathy. Yeah. Because she has... This vulnerability and this this beautiful sorrow to her, but then moments of just like silliness where you can see she's having the time of her life. Like that's the fun thing about Kathy is she's not all doom and gloom. Mm. She's actually got a really awesome personality. Yeah. But she is pushed down, 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 down by her insecurities, mm-hmm. which fair, you you know, when your partner is a creative type as well and is having more success that must be difficult for her also when he becomes a little bit arrogant like jamie does and he's like i i'm doing this so you don't have to yeah you can see how she's being squished and and just try to be anything else yes and we see later on in one of the songs later on how it starts to dawn on her that actually she's gonna end up being a trophy wife well it's in this song yeah yeah. Well, yeah, but then there's the song later on where she sings, I think it's Climbing Uphill. Yeah. She references, like, I'm not going to be that wife. But that's what's so funny is because that's literally her last song. Yeah. And she's like, I will fall for you and we will we will have this relationship, but I've got to tell you that I have dreams of my own. Mm-hmm. And this is it. It's like, actually, 
being with Jamie was such a toxic relationship for her because she lost out on everything that made her who she is. Yeah, none of her dreams mattered anymore. Yeah. And it's just what I love is even in these songs are quite sad. Like we saw it again with See I'm Smiling, you get this really dorky, nerdy, endearing side to Kathy, mm-hmm. which you just know that Jamie is like less of that and more of this. Yeah. And it's such a shame. But where do you think the switch is between dorky excited jamie and oh no i'm serious now i think after the shmuel song he becomes less dorky i think the shmuel song which is our next song so it makes sense Mm -hmm. to kind of move on yeah is the last time we see really fun dorky jamie and it's a lot better this time because it's less of the whole because we don't have the interaction it's like come in come in and actually talking to her and she's fed up of like work being a waitress because we, we cut that interaction yeah which great it makes him seem more likable here because mm-hmm. it's not like <laughs> this song is so catchy I, <laughs> and it's so annoying i said like the film version was my skip song mm. like my least favorite i wouldn't skip this but, version but i think the reason was i didn't like the connotations of the song yeah. where it's like I, I don't care that you've had a tough day waitressing come do this work like mm. you're supposed to you don't get that here yeah. And it feels so genuine. And it's like, oh, I'm not a serious writer because I wrote this really crap story. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you it. And it's it's not done with any kind of weird purpose to try and motivate her. No. It's just because, like, I just felt you... This one felt like he's just said, I thought you needed a boost. Yeah. So One of the great things they do with this song yeah. is because the Schmall song includes Jamie playing the guitar. Yes. We don't have Kathy playing the piano. No. And she sat... Right in front of us. Right in front of us, which meant we got the Schmuel song directed at us. But he directs the song towards her chair. Yeah. Obviously. Which we are sat behind, so he's directing it to us at yeah. this point. Obviously, future Kathy is sat in that chair thinking back about it. Yes. However, when he says, he starts saying about there's a new backstage and you're perfect for something in here. You know, you need to, I've got this for you. His headshots. And a new headshot guy and look, I got you this watch and you don't have to work as a waitress anymore. I'm going to provide for us. She gets up and moves. And then he's singing to the empty chair. And I wrote down, he's the one that says later on, you wanted me to save you, but she has never asked him for that. No. And he's the one that keeps trying to save her. Like, it's really I interesting. It, it's like, but... I feel like the reason she gets up at that point is because she is thinking back to this beautiful day. Mm. But it's then when Jamie starts to be like, I'm Look going what to save I'm you. giving and you. And this is where she can't deal with that memory anymore. Yeah. One of my favourite little Easter eggs in this bit as well. Did you notice the oh, magazine he yeah, had? Yeah, the backstage magazine has Anna Kendrick on the cover Which of is such a... Super brief... funny. So we'll talk about this later on because there's a few other ones. But this is certainly a production of the show that is influenced by the movie yes because there's two other lines that we get the reprise from the movie versions yes there are during the audition song Mm -hmm. these are the guys that cast russell crowe in a musical yep and instead of he looked like tom cruise we had some very well placed tattoos so this is very much Mm -hmm. i'd say influenced and i guess any production of the last five years nowadays would have to have that film awareness yeah so i quite liked that the majority of this year like you say is a performance to kathy and what's interesting is it feels like the first real interaction between the two of them 
because at this point they haven't actually had much actual face-to-face contact yeah and he is talking to her i'd have it's the one point i I do wish i could have seen like she was on a revolve because i'd quite like to see her face as she was watching it like because we we didn't see that Mm -hmm. is she smiling or is she like blank face i don't think she was actually looking at him no it'd be she's got her audition booklet in her hand yeah it'd be interesting but again he's just spectacular i just love I'm the clock. Yes, I was about, I love him when he's up on the piano go, look, I'm the clock. The energy's fun. He's less patronising here. He's yeah, just he's being fun. a total dork to her. Yeah. And you can see, like, this is the Jamie she fell in love with. Mm-hmm. This is the Jamie that, in a song's time, she will say yes to marrying because mm-hmm. he doesn't take himself seriously. Yep. The doll house was great as well. Like, he gets these, this lovely interaction at the end. He has the two dolls. He's like, do you want to come to bed with me? Why not? Time to go to bed. <laughs> yes. And he's so Bye, silly guys. with it. And his small voice is also really good. Yeah. It was good. There was a really nice bit at the start where he's got the cloth from the um, doll's house. And he put drapes on the chair. And he says his light and it falls off. He's like, oops. And he puts it back oh, on. Oh, yeah. That was just a mistake. He was like, oh. But, but it doesn't matter because it made Jamie more human at this point. Like, for me, that was a really nice thing. Jamie, yeah. is, Jamie is fallible. Jamie is not perfect. Because mm. otherwise, we're always seeing like this perfect vision of Jamie. And for me, that was quite nice and important. One of my favorite set pieces. We get Summer in Ohio. Yep. Now, we wanted to do Summer in Ohio the last time we covered the last five years as our kind of interval sing song yeah we didn't because we couldn't find the chords for it anywhere the chords were literally nowhere online i had such a hard time trying to find anything and then the stuff i did find was picking and not chords which i'm not great at picking i'd rather play the chords so it was just like a weird so you'll notice at this point we sang Summer in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Drew, do you want to tell the listeners why we were finally able to do Summer in Ohio? We were able to do Summer in Ohio because when she started playing Summer in Ohio on the ukulele in the show, I literally leant forwards and was staring at her hands, trying to figure out what chords she was playing. And she played four and I managed to figure out three of them. Yeah. So we're, we're good. It's all good. I just, my first night is finally some fun, Kathy. Yeah. Like, obviously, we've had moments of, like, fun Kathy whilst we've been, you know, talking about this so far. But at this point specifically, she set up her Mac. She's... The Mac is on the piano on the Revolve, and she's around, literally stalking it on the outside of the Revolve, moving along. But she's playing it to him. On the Mac, you've got Jamie. Like, they've just recorded Ollie watching. Yeah. Which is great. And everyone gets to see that because it goes round and round. But she's just like, look at me perform. And it's so cheesy and it's so silly. Like, she does, like, sailor salutes. Mm -hmm. She puts on a really, ironically, because, you know, she's Irish, but puts on a really bad, like, British accent to be, oh, I could rather have lunch with the Queen. Yeah. I didn't know that. uh, One thing we've got to say is, like, both of their accents throughout really good amazing oh and one of the other things i forgot as we're going in they were going back to the start here appropriately this is a non-linear show yeah (laughs) the sound of new york so as we go in all you hear is the sound of like traffic in new york and the train passing yeah just like and and it was amazing like you there is no overture i've used this joke before in another episode previously but the overture is the real sound of new york well so there is 
an overture, yeah. but in this production or in this show, the overture happens after yeah. Still Hurting. Yeah. Because then we get a playthrough of a couple no, of different we do. bits. But I like that as you're going in, you're building this world. Like you feel like you're in this like apartment block in the middle of New York and you can hear all the traffic and you're just, there's silence because mm. of this dead marriage. Yeah. But I love her following the laptop on the Revolve and I love her performing it. You know, and you get these different different moments. And then at the end, as she goes to say goodbye, she's pulling the laptop down, but she's she's kneeling down with it so she can wave to him to the very last moment. Yeah. And she's such a nerd. And she's so cute. Like, how could you not fall in love with a girl like this? Like... I don't know, Danny. How could you not fall in love with a girl But do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at this point, I genuinely feel like... Like this is Jamie is the luckier of the pair. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yes, the Schmuel song has been very endearing and less patronising than last yeah. time around, but it feels like she's just so in love with him and just so honest and open about this dorky person that she is. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really interesting because you've also got like moments where he's, he's, you know, you've recorded the same thing on loop with him watching, and you get him laughing. But then he comes back around and you see the same laugh. And you're like, huh, is he just putting this on? Yeah, I get what you mean. Now, one of the other things I noticed, because Jamie is sat on the same chair that she was during the Schmuel song. Mm-hmm. And he's staring at this ring. He's not interacting with her. He's dimly lit. He's actually not watching her. He's got the ring box. So this is what I think is interesting. I think you've got two chronologies here. Yes. And it depends on what you want. Now, you're either seeing him in his chronology at this moment in time where he's planning to propose. Mm-hmm. And obviously he doesn't have the ring there because it's the, the ring is somewhere else ready for the, He's the thinking moment. about it, yeah. Well, no, because she would be wearing the ring, wouldn't she, at this moment? Because she is married to him. Yes, she is wearing the so ring. So he can't have the ring. So you're either watching him in his chronology mm-hmm. or you are watching him in her chronology, staring at this empty ring box thinking, I made a mistake. Yeah. Because, the, and I think that that's really powerful, like that small choice there, because which Jamie are we seeing? He's mm-hmm. not interacting with her. So is it like you've got the public face on the laptop, but then when she's not on a Zoom call to him, is he like staring going, I made a mistake. All these women I can't sleep with because I have a ring on my finger. Yeah. And we get to that no, very soon. But again, too. but he that would be where he is if we think like the closest the, the closest thing to somewhere in Ohio would be his song, which is It's fine. Nobody needs to know, potentially if I didn't believe in you, you know. The it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I loved this song. I loved all these songs, but it's just so well done. Yeah. This is just fun. Yeah. The next 10 minutes. So after after Summer in Ohio, they both leave the stage. It's the one time that no one's on stage. Mm-hmm. And they come back on. It's parallel to how they had at the very start of the show. Yes. And this is such great use of their costume. Yes. Because all the way through the show, they just wear one costume. And then they add or lose bits. Yes. So Kathy wears white a white pair of trousers with white trainers and a white sort of I guess vest top, yeah. tank top, whatever you want to call it. But it's like a silky yeah. one. It's not like a... I don't know how to describe it. And Jamie wears a shirt in various degrees of buttons. Yep, with his vest underneath. Depending on where he is. With yep. a vest underneath and braces and 
dress trousers and converse, and converse which is very cool yeah. i like that they both wore trainers and then for the wedding scene he obviously runs off stage buttons his shirt up because yeah. before that it wasn't buttoned puts the braces up and puts a suit jacket yes. on which has a boutonniere on it and it's a black suit jacket yes and then she puts on a white suit jacket mm-hmm. which also has a boutonniere on it but she also brings on a bouquet yeah for the wedding well, he, and he comes on with some oars like he's rowing them down yeah, like I a lake in the middle of central park i didn't get that so that he... felt like I, I liked it i like the imagery of it but it felt like a clunky prop I don't think so. I think it's basically you're trying to build up this romantic proposal. Like they're yeah. out on a lake in the middle of Central Park and he's rowing her mm-hmm. and saying these things because he says that's John Lennon's spot and have you ever been to the museum? We should visit the dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. And he's rowing. It's almost like he's making these observations but taking her to like this really beautiful spot to propose to her. I guess. I just really liked, again, the, the juxtaposition of your two costumes, the yin and the yang. Which I thought was really interesting. Yin. 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 I liked it. Yeah. And one of the things I had noticed, and you you said you weren't kind of aware of this, is her song when she sings. Oh, I didn't realise this in the film, yeah. and I'd never I'd never really copped to it with the soundtrack either. Is that when she sings her version of it? Which her. is, I am not always on time. Please don't expect me to be blah, blah, blah. Yes. That's her vows. Yeah. I never got that before. Yeah, That's I know. Awesome. It literally takes you right up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then there's a very nice moment where they then swap. Yep. And she puts the ring on him. Yeah. Whilst removing her ring. Mm-hmm. And then... And then the petals. Yeah, the petals. And then we go back to her echoing the conversation he had whilst they were rowing. Yeah. With her now, her rowing, mm-hmm. and her saying, what's that spot over there? Oh, I'd love to go to the museum and see the dinosaurs. And she's answering his questions. Yeah. And it the crossover and the changeover here is just really, really brilliant. Mm. And they drop the, they drop white rose petals down from the ceiling. Yeah. That sort of flutter down. And then they stay on the stage for the rest of the show. But what's, well. again, what's really nice about them is they start and the stage is on a revolve. So more of the stage gets the petals, mm-hmm. which is really, really awesome. Yeah. And they're both sat next to each other. And it is like they're actually interacting with each yes, other. Yes. This is the one time where they are in the same timeline. They are interacting yeah. properly. Yeah. And I just really liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really beautiful. Right. America which is so is- sad when it starts to like... At that point, you've had this really beautiful kind of proposal and you still know it's going downhill for Jamie. And yes, we get to see more fun, Kathy, but it just feels... I feel like at this point, it's even sadder because you've seen the kind of wedding and everything. Yeah. Because you know what's coming now, but it just feels sadder. So we get a miracle would happen, Sasha, this when you come home to me. This is what he's saying about all of these women that yes. now suddenly find him attractive. And the worst part is, he's not saying when you get married suddenly women find you attractive he has this line about like oh it's just the women you would have wanted to sleep with before you were married but who would never have given you the time of day at the time yeah and this is the first time i felt jamie actually came across like a dick yeah because they it's have the an interaction way... again in this song oh, they do they, they and they bleed into each other more at this yeah. point. yeah but it's the first time where he's like oh man and it actually felt more infuriating than it did with jeremy jordan because yeah 
with Jeremy John, it felt bragging, but at this point it felt like I'm trying to act like it doesn't face me, but it really upsets me. It felt so this like... Is, this was the one song where he made, Ollie Higginson made direct eye contact with me. Yeah. And I was sat there like, say whatever you want, hon. I'm not going to agree with you on this. Yeah. But the way that he's singing and talking is he's trying to sound like like he's talking to his friend and being like, well, you understand, right? Like, it's hard, but it's fine. Like, we're, we're fine. Yeah. But it is really hard, isn't it? It's hard to not sleep with these women. And then you're sat there as an audience member like, is it? Is it hard to not sleep with these women? Is it really that hard? I don't think it is. Because not only is he saying these women find him attractive now and like that's a whole thing on its own. Mm. But it's because he's married that he's not sleeping with them. Well, you were in a relationship with her beforehand anyway. You, yeah, you wouldn't have been sleeping with them anyway. Yeah. Kathy feels like she's questioning her relationship in this one as well when we have When You Come Home To Me. Yes. And that's really interesting because I never really got that sense before. Like, she's just about, you know, realistically, she's she's closer to being proposed to and saying yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when she's singing at this point now, it's leading up to the proposal. Yeah. And it's really interesting that she's at this point, it's like, do I want to spend the rest of my life with him? Mm-hmm. Or do I not? I I still have issues with this song, this this one moment, this one scene, you feel like you it, the, the balance is not fair. Like every other kind of song feels like it's perfectly balanced between Jamie and Kathy. But at this point, I feel like Jamie's side starts to edge out. We get more of Jamie's story than we do Kathy's story for this section. Yeah. And I definitely feel like When You Come Home To Me is more forgettable. And that's no one's fault. That's not me saying it's an issue with the performance here. I, I had the same issue with the Anna Kendrick version. But I think the point of this song is that this song sucks. Yeah. Like, it's a terrible audition song, first of all. It's doing nothing to show off her range. But it's not the audition sequence at this point. No, no. But, like, this song isn't doing anything for her. Mm. And that's the point. Yeah. Like, so it's not supposed to be highlighting anything about her. I know, but it's just all, it is very much at this point you start to feel like, okay, so she is a side character, Jamie's a protagonist. It's almost like we're trying to get this unfair bias to... Mm, that's maybe... how he wants you to feel. No, it is. That's what I mean. Is it, It's not in terms of like the performance. It's the script. It's the, the score that it's really unfair that this is the one moment where you feel that there's a real split in who who's getting more of their story told yeah climbing uphill in the audition sequence mm-hmm. fair because now climbing uphill feels like we're getting less of jamie and more of kathy so in the film version yes she sings i'm climbing uphill jamie climbing uphill she's on the phone to him yes. this version she's on the phone to her dad because she sings i'm climbing uphill daddy climbing uphill cool yeah we definitely get more of her side of the story at this point yes. so my my issues there are instantly resolved Mm-hmm. the audition is great and it's God. so well done i like how she slowly prepares so she goes from chair one mm-hmm. like diagonal to us chair two and she drops another part of it and leaves her bag there and then chair three where she stamps on her number yeah and she goes to chair four before she then goes into audition mm-hmm. like the way that she journeys on the stage is brilliant we don't need a big set piece yeah it's so believable with her interaction she gets out a red dress and she's like no i'm not gonna wear that cause that's the dress that anna kendrick wears in the movie yeah and i love it also with this this song has one of my favorite variations yes which basically just means it can change in every show depending on who's doing it yeah. so the line is 
standing in line with 3,000 girls belting as high as they can. Now, you can just sing that normally, belting as high as they can. But what people like to do is belt as high as they can yes. on that line. So Molly Lynch did that and she just went all the way up yeah. with that note and it was great. She but I think really you should job. with that because you're like parodying audition culture. Yeah, that's the point. But some, like Anna Kendrick didn't. No, I know. No, and I know. she could have because she can belt. Yeah. So I really love this sequence just because I like how she's still singing that song with that same beat, but she's changing it and why are they staring at my shoes and oh my God. <laughs> and I think this Don't is interesting. Look down at my resume. I made up half of my resume. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at my shoes. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good moment. And this pianist hates me, which again is even which better because it's Jamie, yeah. which, you know, during the film, it's the cameo of Jason Robert Brown, which mm -hmm. I love. One of the things I found really interesting is that they're so neutral when they're playing the piano for each other. Yep. And this is the one point where it felt like Jamie was actively sabotaging her. Because, yes. And, and obviously Jamie's not there in that moment, but the way he's playing the piano, and it's all, he's speeding up and he just the flourish to dismiss her. Yes, he's playing someone else, but actually he's Jamie in that moment. It's almost yeah. like Jamie is mm -hmm. in her mind the root of like he's All sabotaging evil. yeah and i just <laughs> i thought that was really really interesting we then cut to one of my favorites jamie sequences which is his book reading the worst book oh but this book ever. right so throughout this whole show jamie doesn't wear glasses yeah but jamie puts on really pretentious glasses and they <laughs> change so the mic so we too. get like a floor mic mm -hmm. which he speaks into which changes like it echoes, echoes a bit, yeah. And it sounds like this really beautiful... Pretentious. Pretentious <laughs> reading of a book. My favourite thing is Molly Lynch puts the microphone in front of yes. him. And he puts his glasses on and opens the book and he goes, thank you for coming. But it's like directed to us it's, as the audience. It's just really funny. Hello, thank you for coming. And it's just, it's such a great moment. Oh. And he pauses and it feels like you are, at, like the building of this world, like it does feel like you're at this book mm. reading. And he's talking slowly, and his voice is sweet as chocolate. And you're it's hanging the worst it. book It really ever. is the worst book ever. And I said this when we watched the film, because it's the same paragraph yes. that he reads in the film, because obviously the script's the same. But it really is just a terrible book. And it's one of those, I'm sure lots of people have seen the sort of memes about yeah. the way that male authors write women. Yes. And it's like she breasted boobily down the stairs and it's like here's the one thing i noticed about this female yeah. character and it's in his book yeah. where he's basically all he's talking about because this is the mermaid yes. still he all he's talking about is this woman swimming in the lane next to his obviously self-insert main male character but also felt like there were so many inconsistencies with his story like the way the paragraph i had never noticed it before like, yeah it's, it's really, really badly weird written. it's not nicely written what i like is the way that Molly Lynch is just staring at him because clearly, like, okay. clearly she's inspired this story. Yeah. Like it, he's, he says like, I'm going to write the story and it's, you're going to be my muse. Yeah. But you also get the sense that in his timeline, this is just Kathy standing behind the scenes trying to be happy for him, but thinking, what is this? Who are you? Yeah. You're changing and not, you're not my Jamie. Mm -hmm. And it's again, it's really interesting. Like in the timelines. Yeah. If I didn't believe in you. I hate this song. Oh, so this is the Such first time we get angry, Jamie. 
Yeah. He actually made me jump. Yeah, he made me jump because it suddenly goes from kind of really lovely moment. Because I think we get his book reading and then we get the audition. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the audition ends and he's kind of given the the resume back, he stands up and he shouts and the, the tone, everything just... You, you could feel the air come out every mm-hmm. every audience member there. Oh, I just want to say at this point, I've been crying at this point in the show. I hadn't noticed. For about half an hour. I started crying when she sang See I'm Smiling. Yeah. But just the end bit where she says, I swear to God, I'll never understand how you can stand there straight and tall and see I'm crying and not do anything yeah. at all. Yeah. And I started crying. Like with my mask on, so my glasses very slowly started to fog up as well. Yeah, and I had to keep wiping them. I but didn't notice so that at, at all. At this point, I've been crying for like half an hour, and then he like slapped his hand on the on piano, the piano yeah. and I did like a little hiccup jump because I was still crying. It, but it was so jarring because we've not seen this side of Jamie, and no. it is. You get the sense that this side of him is something that he has very restrained yeah and then he's kind of reaching his limit the worst bit is the way he's like look what you've done to me yeah you know why does she need to go why does she need to go to this party with him this is what annoys me none of this is about her yeah and that's fine i understand it's not like he's running for president where he right, need... you don't need your first lady there. Yeah, like if anything, he's this sexy male author. Mm-hmm. Surely it does more for his image not having his wife there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At these book readings. Right, and when she goes to all the other ones. And it's not like he's going to be in the press or anything. Like his book will yeah. be. But it's not like they're going to be talking about, oh, well, Jamie Wellerstein was at this show last night and his wife never showed up. Like nobody cares. Now... This one should sync up realistically with part of that. Yes, in that at this point they've been going to all of these parties. Yeah, all the so time. I could imagine that. So she's been interviewed at one of these parties, and I could imagine that part of that has happened, and she's like, "I'm not putting myself through this anymore because I'm, I'm not a part." Yeah, of that. it's making me and feel bad. It's almost bad. like if I was to do it in a chronological order, I would do. I'm a part of that, and yeah. then I would do this song. Mm-hmm. I had eye contact with Ollie Higginson whilst he's ranting about how she's awful. And I he tried to make eye contact with the person sat next to me on my left. And clearly that person's not looking. So he shifted halfway through to me and I'm kinda of like, I'm not going to break eye contact with you. <laughs> Especially with your mask on. But this yeah. is so awkward and I'm like, huh, I feel like you're really complaining at me right now. And <laughs> we are not friends. I Jamie. get Kathy's <laughs> point of view. This is hard. But what I will say perhaps controversially for you because you've got Kathy just kind of sat playing the piano and not looking at him as he talks to her now I know Kathy's not there in this moment mm. but because she is there and she's talk- and because she's just not reacting to anything he's saying there is a part of me that does feel a little bit more sympathetic because it's almost like he's trying to have a conversation and she's just drinking her wine right. and not listening to however, him however that is exactly how it was staged in the film yeah because she's sat on the bed and with her back to him, not responding to anything he's saying. It's exactly the same. And then at the end of the song, she walks into the bathroom, closes the door. Yeah, but no, but in the film, you would at least see Anna Kendrick crying. Yeah. Which you don't get here because... Because she's not there. Yeah, that's what I mean. She's not there. Yeah, I just... But... At it... this point, as soon as he loses his temper, any chance of him being in the right, I think, is lost on me. Because it's just like, no, sorry, 
you're See, not I thinking still, about I have a little bit of sympathy towards him because Boo. no only a mild bit of sympathy like I'm not going to say I'm team Jamie it's because mm. it, that all goes by his next song but I just kind of feel like you can imagine if he'd start this feels like it's a conversation they've been having a lot more of and he finally has lost his temper because this Kathy's just not engaging with him yeah which again she's not there as soon as I had to remind myself she's not there in this moment I was like okay I'm, I'm over that yeah I can do better than that oh I love this song because and I, I love it for the same reason that I said before that this has all the charm of the start of a relationship where she's finally allowing herself to be more vulnerable with him there's you mm-hmm. know you put on a pretense when you first start dating someone but you gradually get to a kind of crossroads like I'm either going to put my trust in you and allow myself to be vulnerable yeah and fall for you or I'm going to take a step back and let this just end. Mm-hmm. She has these really brilliant Bridget Jones glasses on. Yeah. And she's drinking like Starbucks, like an iced latte. Yeah. And it's just so charming. But there's moments where she's like, she stops what she's saying to be like, I don't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. But like I say, it syncs up brilliantly with moving too fast. Yeah. Because she then talks about her friend who was showing. A weird bit where she puts the glasses on him. Yeah, so this is and one of the weird backwards. things, is that he is seemingly here yeah. during this song. And I know whether it's just because like, this is obviously quite a fun song. Yeah. And it must be quite fun for him at this point, because yeah. uh, Ollie Higginson, because at this point all of his songs are like really sad. And so he was just kind of having a bop and joining in with it. It was great. Yeah. It is such a beautiful song. I really do love this song. And I, I love the way this one was performed. You know, I really like it when we get to see fun, charming, having the time of her life, mm-hmm. Kathy. It makes such a difference. Yeah. And yeah, it's is such a beautiful song. And it then goes, again, like this is the really brilliant thing about this this whole show is just as you start to get happy again, it brings you straight back down to the opposite side of the emotion because we go straight into nobody needs to know and yeah, Jamie is over. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, Jamie is over. I was really interested how I was going to respond to this one because there were no other girls. We weren't going to see him actively with another girl at this point. Oh, but the sp- spotlights this made me way angrier at him than i think i would have been if they had just left it that he was singing to this one girl yeah because there was a section towards the end of this song where suddenly all these spotlights come on like individual spots yeah around in a circle around the piano and it's clearly also i think clearly supposed to be all of these women oh yeah stood in these spotlights and you're supposed to understand that like there are supposed to be girls here like what a but but here's the thing if it was just one woman and he was like in love with her well there's also for me i felt like maybe it was one woman and these are the the spotlights represent each time he's he's cheated no i think it's all individual women the reason i say i actually felt that this one was more intimate yeah 
because sure. unlike the film, I felt like he wasn't just physically cheating. Like the film feels like it's just a physical thing. This feels yeah. In the film, we're showing like four or five different girls. But the reason for that is because she's like clutching the, the blanket, t- the blanket yeah. that represents her, and it feels like it's a much more emotional, um, an emotionally driven moment as opposed yeah. to just well, I wanted to have sex. Yeah. You were pretty and you hadn't shown me... You were there. The, yeah, you hadn't given me the time of day before and now, like, this is an ego boost. Yeah. This felt far more... Far worse. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's incredible yeah. direction that, you know, a film where you can show me, actually, with other women and you made it seem worse when it was just him and, like, a bit of cloth. His performance, the direction... Is amazing. We also got... Was this the moment where we had... No, it isn't. It's the next scene. It's the final scene. Because mm-hmm. uh, we go into goodbye until tomorrow. He lifts up the piano and he gets out the memory, like the wedding book, and he's looking at these memories as he's like, I'm done. We're finished. No. It is this song. Is it this song? Yeah, because it, the bell's tolling yeah. okay. at the end so of the song. So he's looking yeah. at the wedding book. So the way the view we had was we could see Molly Lynch sat at the piano. Mm-hmm. We could see her face like she was opposite us. And he lifts up something. I don't know what you describe that part of the piano because I'm not a musician. Lid. He lifts up this lid and we can't see her anymore. He brings out this wedding book. But as he closes the lid, she's suddenly got this hammer. She's staring yeah. at it like she's I was Thor. like, oh God, he's going to kill... She's going to just kill him. Yeah, it's an alternate ending. She murders Jamie. But she then walks over. And I've got eye contact with him during this point as well. Yeah. Which is real. I'm getting eye contact with him. But I'm also looking to my left. Because she suddenly something's descended. Yeah. And she's tolling this bell. Yeah, it tolls like it's a church bell. It's amazing. Yeah. And he says... He sings like, Kathy is calling or something. Yeah. And it's basically just like his death toll. Yeah. It's and like, I am done with my fun, romantic life because I have to go to Ohio, but I'll be back for you later. Because yeah, because this is just before he gets on the plane to yeah, go to Ohio exactly. so that she can sing, see I'm smiling. Yeah. And the Kathy that is tolling that bell isn't our Kathy. That is in his head. Yeah, it's completely in his head. And it, this is, you said, like, isn't it interesting? Like, this is their perception of the other person in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It made me then think, like, when we went back to him during summer in Ohio, is that what she thinks is going on at home? Or is this what she thinks his proposal was like? It's really interesting. Like, it's the alternate version that we see of them. Yeah. How the person whose story we're in perceives them. Mm-hmm. Lots of questions. Like, I like that this show doesn't make it clear. Yeah. The beauty of this show is you making the decisions yourself. Mm-hmm. this is a show like i saw a really good tweet that this is a show that should be discussed with other people yeah it's a conversation starter mm-hmm. we're going to the finale goodbye until tomorrow i could never rescue you this song is painful and this was the bit where i truly felt like i could start crying this is where i was just sat here like crying the entire time because i just hate it so much because you have got the beauty so I imagine for her, this would kind of sync up with Shiska Goddess. Poss- yeah, it would do. It like would be the night, the morning after, after, yeah. Where she's like, 
I'm going to fall madly for you and I won't be this trophy wife. I'm still an individual person. But it's almost like she's saying words over because already she's his. Yeah, basically. And she's got this this whole five years ahead of her and mm-hmm. what she thinks is the rest of her life ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And what we also have is the first time a character has sung the words to the refrain. Yeah. Because this bit of music plays all the way through the show, but it's him singing, I could never rescue you. Yeah. And I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, like she didn't he, he need rescue. so angry. She never asked you to rescue her. No. You're a partnership. Exactly. She never asked him for anything. She just wanted to go about and be Kathy. But, but she with want, him. But with yeah. him. She wanted to go through these adventures with him. And I think this is why, like, the Schmuel song becomes a painful memory that she can't watch is because she now realises... Mm-hmm. It wasn't this fun story. It was like a snide, patronised thing. Yeah. Which isn't as explicitly clear in the film, which I like, because mm. it is dorky Jamie. But it's like all of these great memories have been betrayed. Yeah. As he is preparing to leave his engagement ring and the note, he cleans up. So, like, he removes all oh, these... he pushes these, everything off he, the deck. He the pushes piano. all the mm. flowers that have fallen off the piano, but he, he removes all these photographs and, and books and he puts them away. Yeah. And the ending mirrors the start perfectly. The revolve goes around and we end the way it began. So Jamie is sat on the chair looking down at the letter that he's just written. And this time Kathy is over him. Over him playing the music. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely beautiful. And as they both leave the stage, all we're presented with is the ring with the spotlight. In perfect position. Like there's... There's obviously a little bit of tape. There must be, but like a really subtle bit of tape that we can't see. But Mm. it's left there perfect. And then the lights go out and all we get is the spotlight on the ring and then that fades. Yep. And it was so good. It really was. That was amazing. There's so much about this show that works. Like, this is the thing. We've we've spoken a lot about the performance. Mm. And like, I said this to you and I said this to your family. You have to have such a specific set of skills as a performer which is why molly lynch and ollie higginson have left me feeling so impressed yes because you're not just acting mm-hmm. and you're not just singing these songs they play the music to this without any sheet music yeah and most of the time as well i noticed they're not playing the melody to the song no. they're playing parts of harmonies which is even harder because then you can't even, if you forget or you like, I I don't know what the musical version of corpsing is. Yeah. But like, you know, if, if you literally just brain fart, you're like, I have no idea what yeah. the next notes are. You can't even just play it by you ear. You can't improvise it. No. You have to play so, the bit that you're playing. You know, usually we think you've got to be a triple threat in mm. terms of you've got to be able to sing, act and dance. Mm. This is a this is a This is amazing. Because there's yeah. not much dancing. There's a few, there's, there's choreography movement, moments yeah. in it. Like you have to have good choreography within this. Mm. We notice as well that you have the two TVs that actually Monitors, have yeah. the, the, is it the musical the director? MD, the yeah. MD. And, and they, what I liked about that is if I ever started looking up, they were performing as well. It wasn't just simple orchestration. There was a performance from them. Oh, yeah, well. it was great. You could see a lot of them as well. My favourite bit is... He was headbanging at one point. There was one part, and I think it was a car horn? Yeah. Question mark? 
Anyway, the musical director had this like straw in his mouth and I could see it on the monitor and I was like, is he having a drink? Or is that going to be something? And I realized it was one of those little keyboard thingies where you have the, you blow air into it so that you can play it. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but it was one of those. And he literally just blew into it and it made like a, oh, it was the car honking during, I can do better than that. Yeah, and it was great. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool. That's such a weird... But it's also having those up there so they're very visible Mm -hmm. to Molly and Ollie. Yeah, well, they're being conducted, so they need to be able to see the Which is brilliant. It's a really clever way to kind of get over that problem. But this is it. So obviously, their performance is amazing. The fact they have to do all these different things. Yeah. But the set design, Mm -hmm. also just the lighting... The, the change in lighting of the L5Y yeah. was amazing. The colours changed mm-hmm. and they, they, they became, those three letters became as big a part of the character as everything else because they set the, the tone for everything that was going on. Yeah. You had brighter lights of somewhere in Ohio. You had really, really dark blues for the more depressed moments of mm-hmm. it. And I feel like that was such a vital thing to helping the audience understand everything that was going on as well. Yeah. The, the, and, and just the orchestra as well, like up in their little perch behind those letters. Yeah. You know, they worked beautifully to accompany everything that was going on. They were the soundtrack to this this story. And it was beautiful. Like the, the right mix of instruments to tell a really beautiful story. Yeah. I loved it. I, yeah. I mean, if you're still listening to us at this point, I think you can tell from the way we've spoken about this. Like mm, we, we love this, this show. show. I gave it five stars. Yeah, like, not I that a review from me means as much as you know the the positive praise that they are getting. But this is just such an experience. Yeah, it was really really good. It is playing in the Southwark Playhouse until the fourteenth of November. I really recommend if you are yeah. a British listener. And you have the opportunity to get there. You will feel thoroughly safe at the Southwark Playhouse and very welcomed. Mm -hmm. A 90-minute piece of drama at an affordable price. Yes. We're not sponsored by this show. We paid our tickets. But it is such a cheap price as well. Like, you know, if you're a student, there are student rates as well. Like, this is a very affordable piece of drama. Mm -hmm. And it's 90 minutes, no interval. And it goes by so quickly. Like, we're, it was something over and we're like, oh, wow. Like, Yeah, it did seem to go really quickly. So if you have good. the opportunity to go and see it in person, you mm-hmm. should. But it has also been filmed globally, going to be streamed online from the 26th to the 29th of November. And if you are somebody who is listening to us and won't ever have the opportunity to come and see this performed live... Mm-hmm. I I would a hundred percent urge watch this show when it is streamed online. Yeah, definitely. It's just beautiful. I actually might have to pay for us to watch the streaming because I'd love to see the show again. Yeah. I, I I loved it. I I don't have a best song and I don't have a skip song. No, because this is. I want a cast recording of this. Yeah. It's it's beautifully done. Mm-hmm. I think every song was perfect. There was no song that felt weaker than any other song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really good time. I I mean, MVP, 
both of everyone. them. Yeah, like everyone involved. <laughs> if we're talking about the whole whole piece, everyone. You know, Jonathan O'Boyle's direction is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Their performance is perfect. The orchestration is perfect. You know, I am going to say I have to. I'm going to choose an MVP. I'm just going to say it's both Ollie Higginson and Molly Lynch. You know, I think they've done a fantastic job at showing the five years of this relationship and going from one extreme to the next, but also then having to kind of go back and forth. It's not the same as the film where they get to film out of sequence and they can make these decisions. They've done a brilliant job in showing this clearly on stage. If we went seeing this knowing nothing about the show, having never seen the film, I'd have clearly been able to follow it. Yeah. And that's down to their... A, the direction, but also their performances. Do you have an MVP? No, it's everyone. Everyone involved. What role would you want to play in this one, Drew? Oh, hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I would like to play Jay. Dibs. We spoke a little bit before it actually started. I think you could actually play this story having two male leads and two female leads really well. Yeah. I feel like the story could be adapted really well as having, you know, a female Kathy and a female Jamie or mm. a male Kathy and a male Jamie. Like, you could do the show really well, I think. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No. But, yeah, I, I so, I mean, like, in a world where we, you could play anyone, which character, like, do you feel... I feel like I'd have a lot of fun being Jamie because yeah. he sucks and it's always nice to play a character that's kind of a bad guy. I mean, yeah, I definitely would like to play Jamie for that. I feel like I'd have a lot of fun playing this dorky version. Like the fact that you can out-dork and out-nerd Anna Kendrick as well. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like this version of Kathy is far more nerdier and dorkier. Yeah. Is, is amazing, but I would want to play Jamie. So, what are we going to talk about next? Next week, we are... Put a fork in that. That's not even next week. It's Friday. Friday, yeah. So because obviously it is the Halloween season, we have to watch a horror movie. So we are going to be watching one of my favourite horror movie musicals, Stage Fright. Yes, we are going to go to camp. And we will be (laughs) launching it this Friday. Mm -hmm. This isn't a bonus episode. This is a full-length episode. This is in lieu of something being released on the 2nd of November. Mm -hmm. This is that week's programming. We're launching a little bit earlier so that you can enjoy it on Saturday the 31st of October. Halloween. Yes, you can listen to us talk about a spooky, spooky stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> spooky, spooky, stage fright. Summer camp. Yes. So we will be here Friday mm-hmm. for a Freaky Friday experience whoop, whoop. to talk about your favourite horror of all time. Yes, absolutely. So that's going to be a really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Watch, I think. I might make you watch this way sooner. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, yeah, we, we've had some live theatre mm-hmm. let's now go to some spooky theatre yes mm-hmm. so until next friday mm-hmm. you can follow us on twitter and instagram let us know your thoughts on this episode covering the last five years live have you been someone who's lucky enough to have gone to see it yourself or are you somebody who is now going to watch it because of 
this episode talking about it. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts. Are you Team Kathy or Team Jamie based on your experience of the film? Have you seen a stage show of it previously? Are you adamant that we are just too mean on Jamie? Let us know your I thoughts. I don't think we are. You can follow us at It's a Musical Pod and you can email us on It's a Musical Pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Where can people find us? So if you would like to listen to us or share us with a friend or your family members or maybe even some listening for your dogs to to have on in the background whilst you (laughs) go about your daily work, you can download us and listen to us via Apple Podcasts, via Spotify, via Stitcher, via Google Podcasts, via Amazon Podcasts, which is downloaded on the Amazon Music app, Mm -hmm. or via our OG host, Podbean. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so that when we launch a new episode, you are notified and you can start planning your day around listening to us. Yes. And if you like what we do, leave us a review. And if you really like us, the other thing you can do is keep us caffeinated. Yes, you can log on to buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod and you can help keep this show caffeinated. Yep. We drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> we drink a lot of coffee. I have gold membership on Starbucks, which it's goes to say need. how much we buy coffee. Mm-hmm. What are you currently enjoying? What's your current coffee order? Oh, it is 100% PSL season. You are a big fan of a pumpkin spice latte, aren't I am. you? I am, and they do vegan whipped cream now, so I'm a V-happy bunny. Yes, whereas I am having a mocha with coconut milk. And a little splash of peppermint. Because you're already in the Christmas spirit, which yeah. is so wrong. It's Halloween. We haven't even watched our Halloween episode yet, and you're already on the Christmas movie mood. I'm very excited for when Costa launched their Christmas drinks, because you get like the Black Forest hot chocolates. Oh, that one's pretty good. And you get so many good flavours. We are caffeine addicts, so you can visit <laughs> we us. we are also teachers, so... <laughs> so you can visit us at buymeacoffee.com slash it's a musical pod. And you can buy us a coffee. Shout Um, out to our number one boy, Jared Good, friend of the podcast who buys us all the coffees. Thank you. Yes, shout out. We love you. If you are one of those kind backers who who buys us a coffee, we will make sure that we shout you out on a future episode Mm -hmm. and tweet or Instagram about how wonderful you are. are. Mm -hmm. But until then, instead of seeing you next musical monday we will be coming to you on a freaky friday yep stage fright friday Mm -hmm. i think we might have to dub it (laughs) same bat place same bat channel have a wonderful week and have a magical musical month he did that mash (laughs) he did the monster mash (laughs) the monster mash (laughs) make it work (laughs) 